0: Greetings, Rare Ones. My name is Joanne, and I started the Rare Birds podcast because I wanted to hear from people like myself who come from emerging markets or the developing world, as we're called, who are entrepreneurial, resourceful, passionate, and energized to take their vision from idea to startup. Each week, you will hear me interview founders and teams from across emerging markets who are in the early stages of building their businesses. From time to time, you will also hear me speak with established ecosystem builders, mentors, investors, and business professionals who share knowledge based on their years of experience. This podcast is for anyone who is interested in hearing from the next wave of change makers across emerging markets, building in various industries, from agro to tech to health, beauty, and all in between. This podcast is also for those who have ideas, but they're not entirely sure how to make them a reality. They're looking for inspiration and encouragement. We call ourselves Rare Ones, and if this sounds like you, then welcome to the family. Sit back, relax, and listen in to our always-so-good conversation. Bye for now. and welcome to the Rare Birds podcast. How are you? I'm
1: very good, thank you for having me. It's a great privilege. Thank you, Joe.
0: Yeah, Elaine, I'm really excited to have you on to share you with my audience. Really, really glad that you're going to be talking about women entrepreneurs in China because it's a topic that I myself have been fascinated with for a while, even before moving to China. So I'm glad to have this chat. So thank you again and welcome. Thank you. Great. So before we jump into the conversation, could you tell us more about who you are and what you do? Please introduce us to
1: Elaine. I am Elaine. I was born in a small village in China and a uh, very poor family. There are three daughters in the family. And uh, I'm not supposed to be in this world because I'm in 1984. In that time, it was a one-child policy. My dad, he was, uh, he was keep trying for a boy and then that's how he got me. Oh no. And I'm the <laughs> only, yes, I'm the only girl who had the privilege to go to college in the village. And when I went to college and after that, I got the uh, internship, scholarship opportunity from Singapore and that's how I moved to Singapore to study and work. And after a few years in the corporate and then quit a job, I started my businesses. I failed two before, and I started my third business, which is what I'm running now, CNEW, CNEW is a company to provide the leadership consulting and personal development. And four years ago, we ventured into China. So now, in fact, 80% of the business I put is in China and, and that's what uh, I'm doing. Yes. Oh, wow.
0: Okay. So this is your third business that you're, that you're running. If, or are you running three businesses simultaneously or the, the, the first two, you've closed them down and now this is your, your main focus. Just to be clear on that.
1: Closed uh, the t- first two, which uh, failed. And okay. That's how. I started this again. Yes. Okay.
0: Okay. And you said your current business is a is it leadership consultancy? Yes. Okay. So who are your clients?
1: Yes, mostly we're working with uh, in China and Singapore. Mostly we're working with the international corporates, business leaders, and uh, the mid management above, and in China, and we're working with the state owned. Companies and the central government as well okay. and also we launched the, the woman empowerment which is which is helping the local Chinese female entrepreneurs and female working professionals for their personal development and career advancement and business building as well yeah. and we provide to languages, which are English and Mandarin to deliver the courses online and offline. Mm, okay.
0: You know, this is, this must be really interesting for you, Elaine, because you said that when you were born, you were, you were one of three daughters. And so w- around the time when you were born, was it such that girls couldn't be educated? Is that Am I accurate? No. Or you?
1: Girls are not, uh, yes, girls are not encouraged. To, for education and mostly that's what the the generation after generation, boys are so say valuable and so precious in a family. And usually boys go to school education and girls will, left, left, will be left behind. But for my family, which is, I'm always thankful for my dad because he believes he believes education change people's life. And you and like from the family where I came from, very, very poor family, but my mom and dad they are working diligently, working very hard on the farm, the petty fear farm and to support my study and education because they, they believe that education can change the generation after generation. And I'm the only girl who had a chance to go to even from, from high school to college because most of the girls are dropping off from school after primary. Yes. Mm. Like my two older sisters, they they drop off school after primary five or six. The first one is because we're so poor, the family. And the second aid they have to go out to work to support the family as well as support my education. Wow.
0: And where in China are you from? So just so we can get this. South statistics.
1: of China. The province called Hunan. Hunan province.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunan province. Capital uh, Changsha. Changsha, right? Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm cheating. I've got a big map of China at my desk, so <laughs> I'm not that clever. <laughs> I've got this big, I collect maps, right? And I've got this big map of China on my desk. So whenever somebody tells me where they're from in China, I can look at my map and see all the cities and everything. It's really cool. But yeah, okay, interesting. The reason why I asked you to elaborate on that is because you've seen China come full circle then from where where it was to where it is now, which is you uh, working with women entrepreneurs in the country. So you've seen the development of, of women being educated and becoming entrepreneurs in this country, which I think is really fascinating. Yes. Um, yes. Hmm. And it happened in one generation, maybe one or two generations, right? It, it happened very quickly. Would you say?
1: I think from the last uh, 30 years, how the economic development in China, the rapid development and more and more women are attending the the high school, high education, and join the workforce as well. And also because of the internet for me development, and like uh, women who are homemakers, mothers, housewife, and it's a great way for them to make a living to support the family, and then become like an entrepreneur doing micro business or the small business. And that and I think from the last thirty years, and that is now even probably that is the best time for China, and also you can see that now the more women are joining the workforce and in terms of other countries, like a few years a few years ago, out of a hundred people, there are seventy two people seventy two females who are in the workforce which is this is the statistic in the u s for those mm. sixty four but now for last year in china out of a hundred there are seventy two women who are in the workforce so and that is that is one of the reasons why more and more women are joining the, the the workforce either having a full-time job or doing a business. But of course, at the same time, the women in China are facing that that tremendous pressure as well because they are having a full-time job or business. They also have a full-time job at home as a mom, wife, and home care, care person. And that is that comes the opportunity, which is, also with the challenges as well. And that is the reason uh, providing the development courses, both personal and professional. And that's how we're able to help the women to develop themselves as as an overall character, as a person and from relationship, attitude, competency, skill sets. So that enable them and empower them able to jangle all the challenges and prioritize the life of family and, and the work business. Wow. You know, as you were saying
0: that, and I was listening to you, um, my mind also ventured into something else, a conversation that I've had with quite a few people, and I'd love to uh, hear your take on it. Do you believe that the one-child policy has been beneficial towards women in terms of helping them to become more educated and, and getting into leadership roles? Or do you think it, it's been quite the opposite? Has it been favourable or unfavourable? I,
1: I think that the one-child policy will not be relevant to the or not favorable to women development part. And of course that is from the history and the governmental side, sector. But actually since, since the Chairman Mao co founded the China, the new, new China, and they, they have the logistic, legislation in place which is for and uh, girl having the equal opportunity for education, have an equal education. But that because the, like a thousand years, thousands of years, the generation of the generation and boys are always superseded than girls. And also for, and for like 30 years before that, after the cultural revolution, and the whole country is a poor, and the whole country is a poor. So that is why for a lot of, for families and parents, they choose to get a boy to get into the school instead of the girls. And in terms of the financial support, so I do not see the one-child policy either is relevant to the to the women development or not. But it's just the, how the history is, and and of course in China, Chinese women have a unique traits and personality in terms of in terms of that. Uh, the the values of the resiliency or hardworking and that typically and also the ambition as well and and they if they have an idea they have the desire to get something done and they can do whatever it takes to get this done that uh, that spirit and the courage and that we need to work hard is really working hard to put into everything, and to make things happen, and that I think that courage and and diverse, and also the boldness, the bravery, the brave, and I think these are the qualities the Chinese women who like uh, inform the nature, the quality what they have, and and that's what uh, make them succeed in that way. But also of course come up with the uh, Another side, that is the toughness and the challenges and the, you know, the hard, hardness as well. It, there's always like a, the coin, two sides come together. But the do, like Chinese women, uh, com- comparably to the rest of the countries, Chinese women are more ambitious in that way. Mm -hmm. I'm also, of course, more resilient Mm and more brave to take a risk and challenges. Why do you think that is? I think it's from how the, of course, back to the context of the country. Mm -hmm. And like 30 or 40 years ago, China is a very poor country. Even from my family, we do not, when I was a kid, we do not have food food to eat. We do not have a rice on the table. So we went through the hardship. We went through the hardship. And, we, and when we grown up and we want to seize every opportunity we have and want to pursue the life, what we want to have as well. And and But the foundation is the resilience and the endurance of the hardship. Mm. We need to go through the 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 hardship to make make the dream come true or make the life people desire I think the the foundation yes mm, like sure. uh, what I see the difference see like say the the difference between Singapore and China, of course, thirty years ago, Singapore went through the very very small country, very tough yeah. situation. But yes. uh, in thirty years um, like a uh, from fish village as a Singapore and went and today as a global financial center and become as a first world, that means developed country so from a small fish village to a developed country and, and for the first generation or second generation who went through the hardship but now for the for the fourth generation or even fifth generation who when they when they were born or when they grown up in a, in a like everything is a good environment. And for the younger generation, they do not experience the hardship. Mm-hmm. And they may not be grateful or appreciate what they have as well. And so when they go through the life or even though pursue the dreams, have the high expectation but with the probably with a lower resilience, you go through the life. So I think that is the different, even the same now is like China, for the younger generations as well, for the nine, for the 2000 millennials, mm-hmm. and who do not went through the hardship, which is a different character and personality. But yeah. that is, for Chinese, we are talking about Chinese female entrepreneurs and and that in any country, or or even in this world, as uh, as being as an entrepreneur is like a taking a taking a highway, which is the 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 road less traveled. And in any in any country, being as an entrepreneur and the quality, which is different than we are taking a full time job in the corporate. And that's why I see the Chinese women entrepreneurs and they are to try new things and we need to take risk. And of course, we need to go through the challenges and the hardship and, and the bravery, the bonus. And I think this is the reason why now China has so many Chinese women. And especially like for, the, for my generation, 80s, like now, I'm, I'm 35, 80s, and mm-hmm. 80s and the 70s. A lot of uh, women, like ourselves, we went through the old system and the new system now. So, we want to shift from the old society, old system, to the new world, to the new modern world. Mm-hmm. And we want to make the life of what we want we want to take charge of our own life and we want to pursue our dreams. And and, and that is the I think the unique unique quality Chinese women entrepreneurs has.
0: Mm, yeah, very interesting. Thank you for that insight. Because when you read if you just go on media, for example, we read that China has the world's, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a country with 1.4 billion people. So naturally the numbers are there, but China has the, leads the world in female entrepreneurs. Um, I've read that more than half of tech startups in China are founded by women. Um, I have, I have made Chinese friends here in China, uh, younger women. Who tell me that they don't feel the burden of you know, not getting funding. They don't feel the burden of I'm a woman entrepreneur. So I'm very curious as to why do you think it is that, I mean, outside of what you've just said, do you think there's also something here in China which makes it easier for women entrepreneurs to feel like they can thrive and move forward. Because if you look at, say, the Western world, you hear the opposite. You hear women in the Western world who are entrepreneurs struggle to get funding. You hear that it's a struggle for women in the Western world to, 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 to start tech businesses. You hear about imposter syndrome. You hear the extreme opposite of what you hear happening in in China. You hear that, oh, they feel like you know they, there's bias and all this other stuff. Whereas here, women are just like, They don't even think that way, you know, I guess. I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but they just have business ideas. They build businesses irrespective of the feel and they just keep going. So do you think that's also because of something here in China that they don't have those barriers or have I completely misunderstood the situation?
1: And I think that is a a big topic and now conversation in how we see the equality or. The, the women in the business equality and especially in the West or even in Singapore we talk about uh, gender equality and the uh, inclusive inclusion as well yeah and in fact myself I see I see in a different way how I how I day to day experience in China and work with people in mm-hmm. local as well and even though as myself and myself like either in the business I, I I do not really face that uh, of course there are a lot the the reality is especially in the west and so we yes let's talk about the uh, equality in fact, what I see in China in it, of course the majority are male dominated country and more male on the top as well, but in fact it is uh, it is a very embracing culture. Women and the men come together. Women and the men come together. It is a, it is embracing embracing culture, mm-hmm. and and the second is, and I no matter as myself in the business and startup, I think it's now not as men say easier. To get funding and women are difficult to get funding. I, th- I think, it's the down to the person themselves. Mm. Down to the person themselves, either as a man and uh, and uh, and the women, and of course for either startup investments, and that's how themselves they they're able to attract the right people. Say if you are seeking for funding, that means the people you you talk to, who who have the basic understanding or mutual understanding about embracing and uh, the humanity as a person. People do not divide you or do not see you, or you are a man, I invest you. You are a woman, I do not invest you. That means if you attract that level of people, it's not the right environment for you anyway. Mm. That's what I see in that way. Excellent and point. I, that's why I think uh, the young girl who share with you that, and who has the confidence is uh, how you keep really building, building your, your, your values, your values for the business and you keep working on it. And end of the day, you will attract people who will not diminish your value because you're a girl or you're a boy would do something different, no. And now I think more and more people on the top and they're embracing the support. Mm. support. as they judge you based on the business uh, execution, based on based on the business value, they do mm. not judge you based on either you are a girl or you are a boy. I mm. think that is for 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 startup and either especially for female entrepreneur themselves. I think first one started with uh, that, that that right thinking as. Uh, do not self self condemn. Condemn. Mm-hmm. Say hey, and that comes really the confidence as the girl share with you. It doesn't mean say I'm a woman and then I have uh, less opportunity or and people will see me differently. No, I, I'm a person. I'm a person, and I, I, that is why we are doing the like uh, most. Uh, most of our members are female entrepreneurs and female working professionals. And you can see the difference in people who are comfortable as who they are, as a person. Mm-hmm. And there are also people who are complaining or who are blaming, say, hey, I am a woman because I, do, I cannot get equal pay because I'm a woman. I cannot get a door to access the... Promotion or the new opportunity because a woman.
0: Mm-hmm. And usually,
1: in fact, I tell, I tell our members, you do not get all the things, it's not because you're a woman, it's because of who you are, because mm-hmm. you are you. Mm-hmm. So that set uh, either men and the women, ourselves as a person, what we do, what do we have. What mm. are the competencies we have? What is the values? What is my character look like as a person? Mm. But do not label, have the unnecessary label or even the excuse or self pity that being a mentality victim, mentality victimhood, victimhood, or victimhood. yeah. It yeah. And and that is in fact is a dangerous for a lot of for a lot of people and. And, and it's an easier excuse for them to say, hey, I do not get this. I do not get in the table because a woman. No, a lot of people taking that as a very easy and convenient excuse. So I have a question for you. What do you think is the
0: difference between the woman who decides that she is going to see her idea and her business to the end, irrespective of any challenge, and that's how she, that's how she approaches it, and the woman who starts with, I'm not going to get this because I'm a woman. I'm not going to get this because I'm female. I'm not going to get this because I don't have money. I'm not going to get this uh, or everything else, whatever else comes after that. What is the difference between those two people and how, how do we become the former and not the latter so that we can succeed
1: in business? The first question is, the, it's a very obvious The difference. is the, you, you can observe the quality in the life and the relationship in the life and results they have in the lab. And for people say, I'm going to do this, I'm, I'm comfortable as a, who I am, and I'm confident in what I'm doing, of course, against all odds to get up and to go through the process and get a journey. And people are always positive uh, people and happy people as well. And people will get the results. And the relationship surrounding, the attractive people are the like-minded, the kindred spirit people as well. And that the more they attract new people have the same same mindset and the same kindred spirit and the easier they can succeed because that's why they, they come together. And for the lighter people who are taking SQs and BINAMI or self-PT, and you will find that whenever they open their mouth, that people are always complaining and people are always not happy. Either blaming someone, or blaming the parents, or blaming the team, or blaming the situation, whatever they blame, and they they are not happy, and of course there's no results as well, and that is very direct. And how we're able to become as uh, as uh, the 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 first one people who are who who take the take the the road and and to fight for what they believe in, to pursue it. That's what the the process of for personal development. The first one is our character and how we develop ourselves, our personality and, and shape the character, what we want to become. And secondly, which is the competencies. Like for example, we talk about entrepreneurship and after so many years, almost now 12 years in the business myself, I realized that entrepreneurship is a skill to learn. Mm-hmm. It has to learn. If mm-hmm. you really want to be successful, you want to run the business. It's not only on the idea. Of course, we all started with the idea, with a passion, or even something we are, we are close, close about. But if we want to take it as a really business, because is more most serious on is it. your full-time job. You have to feed your own, you have to, feed, you feed, bring food to your table and pay your bills in more pressure on it as well. And, and how we are able to learn the skill sets and how we're able to equip ourselves with the competencies. So like for example, I'm say I want to build a relationship with an angel investor or, or capitalist, and how I'm going to open up the conversation and have the skill sets without intimidation or have the equal conversation confidently, how to, how to freak out, reach other people. And these are, these are the skills to master and to possess as an entrepreneur because we are facing, you never know who are the people you are going to meet and you are facing all the people who are, come, who are from different backgrounds, from all walks of life. And it's how, as an entrepreneur, instead of, uh, say, I'm very comfortable to deal with my small circle, the people I'm, I know them, the people I either they, they will tolerate with me or I'm, I'm, I tolerate with them. No, it's a keep the constant challenges with the new people, but that is the new people to, to, to build us as well. And that in that way, the uh, first one is how we really keep developing our character and personality. Yeah. And secondly, which is the, the skill sets. Like for example, I want to be a professional coach and mentor. I must have to learn how to coach and how to mentor others. Otherwise, right. I do, if I do not have the skill sets, I do not have the credibility, I cannot do the job. And third one, which is the competency. Say that like, for example, if I want to negotiate with my clients or even have a kind hard conversation, difficult conversation with my shareholders or even my team, how am I going to do that conversation? And these are the competencies for entrepreneurs who are who have to who have to master and have to learn and along the way and keep it adjusting and, and uh, of course the, the strategies as well. And, and, and last one, I say that that is my own reflection and also challenge what I see even from myself and a lot of uh, other entrepreneurs as well. I think is that the clarity of the vision because if we disconnect uh, what get us started in the first beginning, or along the way we, we are crushed down facing the challenges. This, like, for example, the virus came, mm. and 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 if we lost the vision, we lost that that uh, that that essence that what uh, why we do this and if we disconnected the vision or, or we lack of the clarity of the vision, and we would get stuck. And yeah. the question is, it okay to get stuck because that is as a human being, we all have. We all have a good days and bad days and challenges in different stages as well, both life and uh, business and health as well. But when we get stuck or we are in the lowest valley, the key question is how we're able to get up. And this why, that is why some people can get up, bounce back again. Some, some people might not, never, might not, never bounce back. And that is what set truly people who are different. If we talk about, like I'm in the business of the leadership, transformation leadership, if we talk about as a, the perspective of leadership, and that is what set people who are different, whether you are leader or follower, and, and I think either as an entrepreneur or as a person, individual, or self, when we are going through our life or building the business, the key element set us different is how we, how we respond to the crisis like this like the virus. A crisis in our life either we crash down or either we go through it and have a new have a new stage have a new life or new business or new ideas and that is the key the the number one key because in the good times like uh, economy is good everything is good in the good times doesn't define us but in the tough times in the really tough times how, how we are still able to stand Stand firm in the storm. I think that is, uh, I not only see as an entrepreneur, but as an individual person, ourselves in this world, how we are able to answer that question to ourselves.
0: Yeah, and I love what you said about responding to crisis because right now as we speak, the country is in a crisis. And, you know, character is either built during crisis or it's crushed. And I personally am, what I'm learning the most from this coronavirus crisis is seeing how people around me are responding to it. And it's really interesting, you know, sometimes the people you think that are really strong when the crisis hits, you, you're surprised at how they respond. And then conversely, the people who you think, you know, perhaps you had a perception of them as being sort of weak, you see how they respond during crisis, which is, you know, to be very strong and be very firm. So I think this crisis is a perfect example of how you, the entrepreneurial spirit and the ability to move forward despite hardship can really, you can have a breakthrough during this time. And it's really, you mentioned confidence comes through personal and character development. I think in crisis you develop the most, wouldn't you say? Cause you have no choice. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have no choice. So thank you so much for that. Before we end the conversation, I was hoping you could tell us just a little bit about you mentioned how you work with, um, uh, State-owned enterprises here, and you also mentioned the women leadership program. Would you like to tell us a little bit about that program, and specifically how you help the women here in China, whether they're entrepreneurs or corporate leaders?
1: And the first one for the we we have for in fact we have for for the business and running CNEW we have a senior corporate which is for corporate leaders, both the men and the women. And, and the second one, which is the senior women, is, uh, is uh, to focus on the women development. And mostly we're working with uh, women entrepreneurs and the leaders as well. And we have a senior youth. Senior youth is for youth empowerment. Like just now you mentioned, it's a very powerful to develop women and youth because especially for youth, they are the next generation. And Youth and Empowerment is a, is a social-driven impact project and we are doing twice a year for the conferences in Beijing and Singapore. And, and I have for myself as I'm a Christian and I have a senior, a senior ministry, which is for the Salt and Light, the marketplace ministry and to bring the people to Christ through the work we are doing, And specifically for women leadership, which is, so, and usually we focus on the, we, we come up the modules, the learning modules number one, which is for self-awareness and, uh, and, uh, and, and the communication skill sets. And that's what I think I've been working with thousands of women through the years. Just now we talk about the self awareness for women how we are able to be aware of what is our thoughts and what is our behavior and the results become more aware and the second one which is communication skills that like uh, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, female who have a lot of experiences and knowledge as well but uh, they find it's very difficult for them to share, to talk it out, to articulate. So that's how we equip them, how to speak well, properly, and to communicate. And the number three, which is the collaboration. And usually like a women, ourselves, we are we are good at making relationships and making friends around, but we do not know how to leverage the relationship the leverage doesn't mean say you take advantage from people or you use from people. No, but it's on the value basis. See today I make a relationship with uh, with a person and what I have or what she has, are we able to have that value aligned goal or a project we can do together? So like for example, what you share with me for the series of podcasts. And then I come, there's something I want to do for some time ago, but I was get stuck. I get stuck, either I want to take all the effort to start a podcast channel by myself, mm. or, oh, and then you see, you have the idea, say, oh, that is great. We have the, we have the both value for each other and come to do things great. And that is a relationship. And that's mm. from the equipping, developing process and we teaching women leaders how they're able to to be more aware, to be more aware, what kind of relationship I'm building, and what are the relationships I can value to people, and people are able to value to me. In competency again, the higher level for competency for the female entrepreneurs and female working professionals as well. Like for example, for for, for speaking, what we talk about, and for leadership, and the soft skill sets, and, and from as a person, the well rounded develop as a character, and then to the skill sets based and to the competency to develop them as a, as a person.
0: Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. What I like about what you said, what's most important is that these are skills. Nobody is born with them. It's not like, you know, you're so special and you're just born with these perfect skills. They can all be taught. They can all be learned. And that's a big part of what you do. So it's very encouraging for people to know that you can develop these skills and you can improve and you can be better and you can be successful in the entrepreneur world as a woman. And being a woman should not It should not be a hindrance.
1: Mm, Yes. Whether you're in China or
0: or anywhere else,
1: (laughs) I think as as a as a person, as an individual in this world, not by not by country, and either men and women, as as an individual, ourselves, how how we are able to start with ourselves, and to do what we can do through our family and our communities mm-hmm. and the business we're running to to really to to have a positive impact mm-hmm. to people's lives.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Elaine, thank you so much. It was a real pleasure to speak with thank you, you and to have <laughs> yes. you on. Yeah, and to hear your perspective and to hear about all the work that you're doing. And more importantly, for sharing your story, because you said you're only 30 35 35 35 i mean yeah and people need to understand you're only 35 and within just one generation your generation you have gone from like you said coming you know from a a poor family to where you are now so it's never too late to start something you just have to dream big and stick to it as simple as that sounds you really just have to stick to it
1: (laughs) and elaine (laughs) is and
0: you are a living breathing example of that so thank you so so much And I hope we can have you back on again, but it looks like we might be doing a collaboration soon. So maybe the audience will be hearing your voice a little bit more. So everyone stay tuned.
1: I'm looking forward. Thank you, Joy. It's a great pleasure. And I really enjoyed that.
0: Okay. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Hey there, Rare Ones. I hope you enjoyed listening in to this week's conversation. The Rare Birds podcast is available for listen across all major platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Anchor, and several more. Please share our conversations with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can do so by opting in on our homepage of our website, com. The weekly newsletter provides analysis and data around the topics explored in our weekly conversations. Lastly, I would love your feedback and spend way too much time on Twitter. My handle is included in the notes section of each episode. Tweet me your thoughts, ideas, opinions, and feedback because I'm always looking for ways to improve my craft. If you absolutely love what you heard, then rate us on your favorite podcast platform. See you next week for more conversation. Bye for now.